we find ourselves standing at the edge of the beginning of the Feast of Tabernacles. This time where, which beckons to a future event wherein God's people will come and be restored back to him face to face. Just like you and me, we can be face to face in this world. So you will be with him. And that is a beautiful promise that really what was in the beginning will be again. That garden presence where we were with him before the fall. But today, dear brothers and sisters, a fall has occurred. And there has been many sins that have entered this world through humanity. And we should not be ignorant of really what the war is all about and who it is against that we are in a spiritual war, which is really the reason for much, if not all of the evils that are in this world. Men being deceived by the kingdom of darkness. But so God has called his people, his bride, so to speak, to be very different, set apart from the world and to fight a war. See, when Jesus was here, his disciples assumed that, well, he's going to set up his kingdom and that will be that he's going to be ruling from Jerusalem. But then he told them, I'm going to leave you. And they were destroyed. What do you mean, Yeshua? You're going to leave? Where are, you, where are you going to go? And will you take us with you? But see, he had a plan. Yes, God could have decided at that point to set up a kingdom on earth and rule from Jerusalem. But instead, he decided to partner with you, to partner with me for his people to become his hands and feet as he ascends to sit at the right hand of the father, but to send a Holy Spirit to be with you always closely and for you to be not only experiencing him, being changed by him, but to be empowered by him to do the things that he did and greater things than, than these, because as he said, I am going to the father. But for us to fight this war, there is armor that we need. We need to, like any soldier who is preparing for a war, they would make sure that they have the right armor upon them. If you just go casually and stroll in with your casual clothes into the middle of a battlefield, you wouldn't stand a chance. And so it is the same today, dear brother and sister. I want to submit that we are called to a war and to ready ourselves now. Because, you know, when we're in the feast seasons, don't be deceived to think that the enemy, just as God is up to something, that the enemy isn't trying to bring an attack. That he isn't, and that's why so many times it's it's so uh, you know predictable that when we get ready to go and and go to a feast day or, or go to a fellowship or to celebrate God somehow in this season, it's not abnormal to hear about all the things that went wrong on the journey. 
of all the things that, 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 that everyone got sick or, or there was car troubles or, or whatever it is. And so in this war, as it ramps up, as we prepare for the Sukkot that's coming upon us soon here in a week or so, a few days, let's ready ourselves. I want us to today look at the Ephesians 6 armor of God. Each element we're going to go through. And we're going to see how we as the bride of Christ can be equipped. And I want to submit to you that there was a person who was the first and the only to have every piece of armor of God on him as our example, Yeshua. And so we are going to discover what he has to teach us about being more like him in this manner. Now, let's open up in Ephesians 6, verse 11. And I'm going to read with you here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, let's first see what he's saying here. Put on the what? The whole armor of God. And I want to submit to you that in verse 13, if we just go on a little bit here, he says again, just two verses later, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. It's like he's really trying to Tell us, make sure that you don't just put some of it all on, but all of it. And so and then he also in this at the same breath is telling us, remember against who you stand. The schemes of the devil. Don't be ignorant. Our battle is not against each other, flesh and blood. Our battle is against spiritual forces, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, he says, over this present darkness. And where are they? He says they are not on earth. They are in heavenly places. See, many people are looking to fight opponents on earth. Wars are fought on earth. People betray each other on earth. People lash out at each other on earth. People fight their spouses. People fight their children. But he's saying you have an enemy that is not of this world and that enemy is not even in this world in the physical flesh, but is in heavenly places influencing this world. And so when we think about what our enemy, who our enemy is and what he's trying to do, he's trying to steal your crown. And I want to submit that so oftentimes when we can get involved with religion. We can get involved with with being a believer and what that entails. But when that happens and we minimize the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, then what happens is we forget to recognize the enemy because the Holy Spirit gives discernment over the works of the enemy who's trying to work in our lives and in the lives of people around us. That is why God is calling his people back to walk in the spirit so that we can deal with the enemy and not just ignore him because the Holy Spirit exposes the works of the devil. And here's the thing about the devil. 
If you don't deal with him, he will deal with you. Many people think if I just ignore the devil, if I just ignore Satan, if I just ignore demons, then it's like they don't exist. When I was growing up in church in South Africa as a young boy, my church, the teaching was demons, all those things. You don't deal with them. You forget about them. And then it's like they don't exist. Don't worry. The reality is, yes, God is here to protect us. He is the one who does protect us. However, Jesus did deal with demons. Jesus did deal with Satan in the wilderness. He was and Satan came to tempt him. Satan came to ride at him, speaking to him. And Jesus had to speak back at him using his armor to defend himself and not only to defend, but to go on an offensive posture against the devil as well. Jesus went around causing our demons everywhere he went. Let's not be ignorant to think that Yeshua hasn't called us to do the same. He has said, go, I give you authority over all the works of the devil and nothing shall hurt you. But you must remember your authority. You must understand your authority. You must walk in your authority, lest you be as one who is part of royalty, but does not even know it. And who is overrun by the peasants who take advantage of you because you do not step into the authority that God has called you to. Do not listen to the lies of the devil who tells you that you're not a son of God. You're not royalty. You don't have authority because he's trying to do that to trample over you instead of you recognizing simply who you are so that you can trample over the devil. Ephesians 6 verse uh, 14. Let's read on here. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the braced plate of righteousness. All right, so we are seeing two things here the belt of truth, and the breast plate of righteousness. Why can't I say breastplate tonight? <laughs> so when we th- when we think about these, First, the the belt of truth. What is truth? We see in the Psalms, Psalm 119, verse 42, it's written, your righteousness is righteousness forever. And your Torah, your law is truth. So we let the Bible define the Bible. I don't define truth. You don't define truth. Fox News or CNN doesn't define truth. Who defines truth is the Bible through the mouth of God. And so when we see that truth is not going to change over time, righteousness is righteousness forever. What was righteous 2000 years ago remains righteous today. What is truth 2000 years ago remains truth forever. And so that is truth. And so when we're thinking about now a belt of truth that we are going to be putting on, that is if you think about what does a belt do, a belt is really our core foundation on our body, right? It is the foundation that keeps our clothes upon us. Even in the ancient days, the warriors would oftentimes have armor and they would have little belts that would connect the different armor pieces to one another. So it's not just even keeping their pants on, but different parts of armor on. It is really the truth is what keeps everything together. If we lose the truth, everything, all of the other armor pieces falls right off of us because we have no foundation spiritually anymore. We have nothing 
that's really going to we, that we can fight with or defend ourselves with if we do not have our belt of truth. Now I want to submit to you that in ancient days, also what the truth, what the belts did for soldiers, especially Roman soldiers, which was obviously in the time of the writing of Ephesians six, a very real thing. The Roman soldiers would be identified by their belts. Their belt would be what when you see the, the, the that belt that they wore, it's like that is a Roman soldier. Even the rest of their apparel may be just normal, but the belt would set them apart. In fact, they would take pride in that belt, the soldiers of old. And if and it would be a punishment to them if that belt was taken away from them. That's so it would they would be embarrassed by that. And so in the same way, if we are embarrassed, let me put it on its head. If we are embarrassed for wearing the belt of truth, if we are ashamed of our father, ashamed of Yeshua in this world, it is because we lack the revelation of truth, which tells us who he is, what he's made us to be, what he's called us to be and how we could not, how we should never be ashamed of what he has called us to. And so obviously that belt of truth then is simply what you know, the truth, you know. Next, we read about the breastplate of righteousness. And just like the belt is about truth, what you know, the breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness. That is what you do, what you walk out. But for us to understand like what we're, what, our actions and and how our actions play a role in our righteousness. I want us to open up in Isaiah 59 here for a moment, verse 14. And I want you to read about this prophecy from the prophet Isaiah, who is speaking about a future future. I want to say Messiah who is about to come. And listen to what he says. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation. Listen to this. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his his righteousness upheld him. God's own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. Who does this remind you of? Is this not the one and only Messiah of Israel and of the world who was the first to put on righteousness truly, fully as a breastplate and having the helmet of salvation on his head? For he is salvation and with fiery eyes, he came to this world and he had vengeance on those who were the oppressors. And he came with zeal over those who were the oppressors, throwing over tables even at that temple, just as we discussed 
last week in our Sukkot teaching. And so we see this armor bearer having this breastplate and helmet of salvation, Yeshua, the Messiah. He comes to prepare the way for us to be able to wear the armor of God. We could never. And this is this is what you need to get by this. We could never wear any of the armor of God without him wearing it first. Why? Because ultimately, dear brother and sister, he imputes his righteousness towards us. We are not worthy to have armor of God on us because we are sinners. We are unclean in our past sins. We are, are worthy only of hellfire. But he in his sacrifice cleanses his people and allows the father to put new breastplates upon us. And so we then read in 1 Corinthians 30. And it says the it says the following. 1 Corinthians 1:30. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. So we see that he became to us righteousness. He allowed us to become righteous. So it is not just based off our own works. It's not it's not that we are righteous based off what we've done. You can try to do that, but you will fail. If, if you are able to be righteous based off your own works, you don't need a Messiah clearly because you're good enough and of yourself. But no, he says, I make you righteous. And now we continue in the righteousness he makes us by walking righteousness out that he started in us. But that is not in a, we, it is not of ourselves. We are not the source of it. It comes from him and it continues to come from him, not just when he saved us, but as we are being saved and as we are being sanctified, he, his righteousness comes to us as we depend on him for that. You cannot get free from your sins on your own. You cannot be righteous on your own. You need him. And then in, in grabbing a hold of him and saying, you sure you need to save me. He saves you and allows you to be righteous. And one last thing I'll say about the breastplate is if you think about warfare and you have the breastplate on you, this armor piece, that is where the spear of the enemy is going to try and go. That's why he's going to try and attack you because your heart is there. And I want to submit that's where the enemy tries to attack us today. Our intentions, our desires, our actions. See, Satan's all right with you playing cute religious games. But ultimately, what he's afraid of is you doing what is true religion, feeding the orphan widow, those who are poor, walking as Yeshua walked in all the ways that he did, not just studying it, not just talking about it, not just going to church and learning about it. All of those are good, but taking the next step and now actually doing that. That is the breastplate of righteousness. That is what really scares the enemy, because if we have a breastplate that is impenetrable, then he has no chance to attack us. Let's look at the next one here. Ephesians 6 verse 15. And as 
shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. All right, so now we're getting to these shoes. And so the shoes are often referred to in in Scripture. For example, we listen and hear about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. In other words, when there is a land of oppression, when there is a, a, a time of uh, a, a land who do not know the name of God, who do not know Yeshua, who do not know their salvation. When you come and you have the gospel in your heart and you share it with them, that you are seen as beautiful. In fact, I just had an interview with Eleanor Wyatt just a little while ago, and we're going to be publishing her, that interview soon here on Rise on Far. But she's a missionary in Uganda, and she shared how much favor she has received from Muslims and all kinds of people you wouldn't expect from because she comes with the gospel of peace and her feet are perceived as beautiful by all people, even though she would never have expected that from. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that we should have beautiful feet. And, you know, many that, that, that simply means that we must always be ready with the gospel to share it, looking for opportunity to open that door. Many people think and say, well, that's for the evangelists to do. But we don't understand that in Ephesians it's written to us even that the offices like the evangelists, their role is to equip the saints for ministry. It could have just said their role is to be evangelists and do evangelism. No, no, no. Their role is to equip you and me to do evangelism because all of us are expected to do evangelism. Different degrees, absolutely, but absolutely we are called to it. And so this this if, if you are if you've put off the role of evangelism in your life, then ultimately you have shaken your shoes off your feet and you're entering a war, a spiritual war without any shoes on. How can you fight without shoes, without the gospel of good news? All right, let's go on to the next one. Ephesians 616. We're going to go on to the shield of faith now in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All right, so faith, the shield, a shield is used for a defense, right? That's the primary instrument of defense in warfare. And when you look at the darts of the enemy that's being described here, what are those darts? Well, what does the enemy use against us? See, I want to submit to you, dear brothers and sisters, that the enemy comes with lies. It is really the words of Satan versus the words of the Lord. When Yeshua was in the wilderness, when Jesus was there, the, the words of Satan came at him and he had to respond with the words of his father. As it is written, he said, as it is written, he said, as it is written, he had to defend because in his weak state of having fasted in the flesh, he was weak, but in the spirit, he was strengthened and sharp. And so he could use the word of God. And eventually the enemy had to give up and get out of there. And angels of the Lord came to minister to Yeshua instead. 
And so when this means that when you are in your life and the enemy comes, you need to recognize him. If you're a soldier, but you don't even recognize who your enemy is, how are you going to fight him? And you have to recognize his voice and recognize the voice of your father. If you recognize the, the voice of the enemy, you'll be like, well, that's not the voice of my father. I don't follow the stranger's voice. And so when Satan comes to you and he will he try and use this on you, he will say things like you are worthless. He will say things like you're not valuable. He'll say things like God is God hates you. He'll say like, God is angry at you. He'll say you're, you are a disappointment. He'll say that that you are not saved. He, he will say all the things that he will say to cause you to doubt in your heavenly father and in his kingdom. And so when he says these things, you must remember the truth. You must have faith in the truth. See, it's two things. Know the truth, but have faith in it. Believe it. It's not just enough to know it. You must you have to have faith. That is the shield itself to believe in the truth, to believe in the voice of your father who says, I make you worthy because I died for you. I shed my blood so that none of those lies could ever stick or mean anything. I wipe even the lies of the enemy away so you can be redeemed, so you can stand upright as a soldier and so that you can fight. Dear brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you. This brings us now to our next one, Ephesians 6, verse 17. And he says, and, and we we see this, the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet is the single most important item, uh, piece of armor that any soldier can have on because the your head is the most vulnerable place on your body. You can get a blow to the head and it's over. And so what does it mean? What is the helmet of salvation? It is to be confident in your salvation, that you are redeemed, that his sacrifice is enough to cover all of your sins, even the worst sinners sins, because how can you if you doubt your own salvation, how can you fight for God's kingdom? You know, like if you're not even sure if God is on your side or on which side of the fence you're on, How can you even fight in a war if you don't even know what side you're really fighting for and whether your commander is even for you? You must have a surety in the salvation that God has given you, putting on your helmet so that your mind can be protected, so that your head can be protected, so that you can trust in your head, the head, which is not this head, the fleshly head, which is Christ, the head of all people. And so, dear brothers and sisters, now we have spoken about all of these elements that are there to be armor that defends us against the darts and attacks of the enemy. We're now going to move on to an element that is for offensive strategies. I want to submit to you that many Christians live a defensive Christianity out. 
They say they, they live a cowarding life of, oh, Satan, don't hurt me. Oh, Satan, what is he doing now? Is he there? Is he here? Is he is he entering my house? Is he entering my family? Is he entering my daughter? My son? Where, where is he entering? Where is he trying to attack? Where is he coming with his darts next? And we are always on the fearful, defensive posture. But God has called us as a people not to just be defensive, dear brothers and sisters. No war, even if you're attacked, even if you were you were not the one who provoked, but if you if someone came and attacked you, you have to have an offensive posture in order to win a war. And so when we look at the next one, we have we see it is the sword of the spirit. And when we think about the sword of the spirit, this is the sword that is used for offensive purposes. And I want to read to you Hebrews 4 verse 12 here, because it speaks to us about this sword and it says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So Satan's works are exposed by this sword of truth. And what it does is it, even though our battle is not against flesh, because we fought a spiritual war, when we fight against Satan, when we battle against him, when we take our sword to him, when we go at him with the word of God, as Yeshua did offensively, it exposes and it discerns thoughts and intentions. It convicts the hearts of those under the oppression of the devil to repent for them to see their evil deeds and to see the glory of the father, the one whom they would then rather serve. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, are you and your family taking on a offensive posture? Are you really bold in the power and authority that God has given you to fight and destroy the works of the devil? Yeshua said, I have come into this world to destroy the works of the devil. And if that is what he has come to do, what are you here to do? If he has given us Holy Spirit to you, are you not here to continue in that purpose to destroy the works of the devil with the sword of the Holy Spirit that he has given you? And then I want to read to you here, Ephesians 6, 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So when we think about prayer time and, and by the way, we're, we're about to enter some time of prayer here. So if you're listening live to me now, you're in the chat. Hey, I want you to go. And if you have any questions about the armor of God, if you have any prayer requests about anything in your life going on that we can pray for you for, that I can pray for you for tonight, right in the chat right now. And I'm going to be pulling that up here soon. And we're going to be praying for you, for your family, for whatever is really on your heart. But see, that's what Paul is saying, praying at all times in the spirit. 
In other words, you, you wake up in the morning, you pray, you go to work, you pray, you, 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 you're with the kids, you pray. Pray at all times. To that end, keep alert and make supplication for the saints. In other words, pray for one another, for yourself, but also for others. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that we are at the Feast of Sukkot. And as we prepare for this, let's do so praying, pressing in for other believers who really need a touch and encounter from God and his Holy Spirit. This is a time where the spirit moves upon people. This is a time where his his Holy Spirit desires to restore many back into the fold so that they can encounter the king face to face when he comes back and he will come back soon. And so when he comes back soon, prepare the way for the king yielding the armors of God that he has given you, yielding the sword of the spirit to go into the enemy's camp and take ground and not being scared of anything. Dear brothers and sisters, it is time for us to put on the whole armor of God. And so now I want you to go into the chat. I want you to write to me what we can, uh, what we can pray for you for. And I'm going to be pulling them up here now. All right, Renee is asking, what if we aren't able to pray in the spirit because I haven't yet received my prayer language? Well, Renee, it's a good question. I want to tell you that praying in the spirit, right? It can be to speak in tongues. Absolutely. You know, but uh, Paul is describing, let me just say for anyone who's listening, Paul describes speaking in tongues as speaking in a, an assembly where there's an interpreter present, right? But then he also describes the one who speaks to himself and to God for no human being understands it for he speaks mysteries in the spirit. And that's what Renee is referring to here. And so when we are praying in that manner, that is amazing. That's wonderful. But don't feel like that is what praying in the spirit simply means. Praying in the spirit is to pray that which is of the spirit. It is to pray in. It is to pray in the pressing in and desiring the 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 spirit and his desires and what he is calling us to pray for. And and trusting on him, you know, when you pray, you should you should lean not just on your own thoughts, but lean on his thoughts. Let his voice guide your mouth in English or in whatever language you're in. Right. And pray from that. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. You don't have to wait until you can have a certain spiritual gift to pray in the spirit. All right. Um, uh, someone named with the username Thankful Heart is saying, please pray for me. Um, I need to quit smoking. All right. So, Father, we just pray right now for Thankful Heart and for anyone else in the chat today. If you're there and you, you have an addiction, if it's smoking, maybe it's a different addiction, maybe it's pornography, whatever it is right now, I want you to come before the Father. And I want you to lift it up to him now as we lift that up in prayer so that we can enter this new season clean and free. Father, I pray right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would come and set people free right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come upon every 
person who is addicted to something of substance abuse or whatever nature where the, the mind is addicted to something and we break that now in the name of Yeshua. We break off every addiction in the name of Yeshua and every demon of addiction, every spirit of addiction, every bondage. We break it off in the name of Yeshua right now. Father, I thank you for your freedom. Amen. All right, cool. Uh, Renee says, yes, I appreciate the clarity. It's a pleasure. Renee. I hope that helps you. Uh, Nadia is saying. Let me pull that down. Nadia is saying prayers for my daughter that she comes back to the father. Right. So, father, we just pray for Nadia's daughter and every other family member who's in the chat today who has someone who who's far off or who's walked away or who is a particle son or daughter. Father, we pray for them, Lord, that you would come with your spirit and that you would encounter them in dreams and visions, convict them. Lord, that hard heart, Lord, I pray that you would soften that heart, that hard heart. Father, I pray that you would speak in your gentleness, your kindness, but even in your conviction to cause them to repent of their sins. Serena said prayer for discernment and reaching those within my sphere of influence and remaining in Abbas timing, being an instrument of healing and peace, not division. That's so good. I would think we all need that discernment on how can we reach people best? When do we say and what do we say in that time? Father, I pray, Lord, that you would for anyone, for all of us, Lord, that you would give us the empowerment to hear your voice so clearly. You know, today, dear brothers and sisters, I'll just I just want to I just feel like I need to share this. I was at a uh, gas station and there was a, a girl there and she just started talking with me, 12 year old girl. And, you know, she, and, I, and she's there. And, 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 and when I see her, it's like the father just puts on my heart like, you know, like she's a trap. I don't know why it's weird to state this. Right. But but bear, bear with me. She's in some ways like really attracted to speak with me. There's there's this whole store full of people and she just comes up to me and she just starts talking with me. And I'm like, wow, like God is drawing her. The Holy Spirit is drawing her. And so, you know, I want to go back there to that station to just speak with her and because her mom works there to speak with her and, and minister to her and 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 share the gospel with her and the staff there. You know, look for those opportunities. Look for how people are drawn to the spirit of the Lord that is placed within you. I'm not special. The spirit of the Lord is upon us as we believe in him and he draws others to the light that is in us and then use that opportunity. And if you've missed and, and let me let me say this too. If you feel like you missed an opportunity, if at all possible, go back to that place, if at all possible and speak. An opportunity is never missed. Uh, until uh, well, let me say it like this. There's really no such thing as a missed opportunity in the kingdom in that you always have a, another day. There's always a new morning. Every day is new. And so don't beat yourself up. Don't go into guilt, shame and condemnation over missed opportunities. Be like, wow, I, I had that opportunity. I should have spoken up in the moment. I was too in the moment. I, I, I was too busy. And then when the spirit comes and shows you, you see that I want you to speak next time. What he's doing is he's preparing you 
for the next time because he knows the Holy Spirit in you knows the next encounter like that you're going to have is going to be glorious and you need to be ready for it. And so he used this previous encounter to remind you so you can be ready for that next encounter. That's going to be glorious. Right. So see it that way. Be encouraged and run after that. All right. Um, Edward says, please pray for my mom because she isn't saved. Uh, Father, we just pray for Edward's mother. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would come with your spirit, Father, and touch Edward's mom. Father, that her eyes would be opened to see you, your light in Edward, so that she would be wondering, what is it that is this change that's happening in Edward and my son? Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to her, Lord, and change her heart for you. Amen. Um, Elisa G says, prayer for my family for deliverance from anxiety, depression, mental fog, ADHD. Father, we just pray right now for her family. Lord, deliverance we speak from anxiety, from depression, from mental fogginess, Father, from not having clarity. Depression, I command you to leave. Depression, I command you to leave right now. Anxiety, go. Father, I thank you for freedom. Lord, all burdens we give to you now. All, all burdens that we've been carrying, all burdens on this family, all fear. We command the spirit of fear to leave this family in the name of Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua, go right now. Lord, I thank you, God, for you, for your peace to be in that family, in that household, for them to have faith and belief so they can be uh, so they can have every element of the armor of God on so they can have faith so they can have the truth. Father, so that they can see you for who you truly are, one who is worthy of putting faith in. Amen. Please pray for my son that he would be set free of violent anger. Father, we just pray for Robin's son right now. Lord, oh Lord, you know this child, Father. Father, we speak right now to this anger. As we speak to any spirit of anger in the name of Yeshua right now, and we command it to leave, to go in the name of Yeshua right now. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for your peace, your freedom. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that he is going to grow up not to be a man of anger, but a man of peace, a peacemaker in the name of Yeshua. That he, in fact, is going to be one who's going to be raised to bring unity about. And he is going to be one who is going to br build bridges between people in the name of Yeshua. That every attack of the enemy that he tried for evil is going to be used for good and Lord, I thank you, God, for this child that you would protect him from every dart of the enemy in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Uh, Robert said, PD, I've been wanting to ask you to pray for healing of 24 years of Lyme disease that has led to autoimmune disorders. I've spent so much money and many doctors and protocols. Thank you. Robert, just the word that I feel I want to share with you, just test this word. I don't know what happened to you all those years ago. You know, I don't know what your childhood was like. I don't know what your relationship with your dad was like. I feel like that is what the father's putting in my heart right now. And I want you to consider what that has done to your heart. What burdens have it put, placed on you and what are you still carrying today? You know, it's sometimes so easy for us to bury 
the burdens of the traumas of the the lies that were spoken against us or even just the things that made us feel inadequate or worthless or or whatever it is and we feel like oh well we're believers it's not it's not impacting us but remember Yeshua commanded us to give our burdens to him and really I want you to go and consider what happened in your past even write it down and say Yeshua I give this to you I surrender this to you right now heal me of this and so father i pray right now lord for robert lord and and just in his entire past we all lift up to you and father i thank you god that you heal him in the name of yeshua god no matter what the doctors have diagnosed god no matter what what we we may think it is or what may have caused it whether physical or whatever father these things are spiritual and father i thank you that you are the physician that is great above all else and so lord we speak to all lyme disease now we command it to leave we command all pain to go in the name of yeshua right now we command all confusion uh, uh, lack of clarity to leave in the name of yeshua and every spirit has tried to keep him from the work god that you have put on his his path we revoke that and father i thank you god for you to have your perfect way, that your perfect calling would be made, would be done in his life. And Father, I thank you for all autoimmune pain and all that, Lord, all self-hatred. We command that to leave, Father, that he would believe you, that he would see himself the way that you see him, redeemed, cleansed, free. That, Lord, when you were on that cross, Father, you saw even Robert, Father. That you, with tears in your eyes, Father, you saw everything he would go through. Every sin and every sin against him. Father, I thank you that with joy, you died even for him. And so, Father, I thank you that you see him with that value. Father, you didn't die for nothing, but you paid a price. And that determines his value. Father, I thank you, Lord for healing and all pain to go now in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Robert, write into us, please. Let me know how you're doing. Um, all right, I'm going to go back and go back to the chat here. Um, all right, so Renee asks a question. It's a good question, Renee. I'm going to pull it up here. And uh, the question is the following. Let me see if I could put that away. All right. This might be off topic, but I'm wondering if I might need to leave a toxic environment to get away from the presence of a monitoring spirit because it's only present when I'm the, in the toxic environment. Okay, Renee. So here's what I I'm just going to tell you what I believe about that. If I look at the life of Yeshua and I see how he operated and how he moved, he was never scared of an environment because of the presence of an evil spirit. He instead, where he went, the spirits fled from him. That's what happened. They, they said, oh, just send us into the pigs. Just send us away. Right. And so the same in the same way, dear brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you all that we as being inhabited by the Holy Spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead, having the authority of Yeshua to cast out demons. We are not scared of demons. We are not scared of environments where demons may be. Yes, there are environments absolutely where there are more demons than in other environments. That is uh, obvious from Scripture. But 
I'm not scared of any environment of that nature. Bring it to me, bring it on. Because greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And so we don't we don't go off of the lies of the enemy that's trying to put fear in us over over Satan, his minions, his works or anything like that. We make sure that we know who we are in him, that we are have confidence in him and who he has called us to be. And so, yeah, but I'll, I'll say also this, uh, Renee, on top of that. Um, what fellowship does light have with darkness? That's the other end of this. And so there's two things here. Yeshua was in the presence of people who had, say, demons, who were drunkards and sinners of all sorts, but he was not in fellowship with them. And that's the difference here. So when we're in fellowship with someone that is in, in sin, then that sin can impact us. It could really rub off on us. But Yeshua was there with the motive of sharing the light, the gospel, the truth, but that wasn't his place of fellowship. So our place of fellowship, in other words, where we hang out, our friends, our, 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 our peers, you know, or or that's why people go to church or fellowship of whatever sort you want to call it, because that's supposed to be our fellowship. That's supposed to be where we get our energy, our rejuvenation, because fellowship, iron sharpens iron. We have a place we can go where others can pray for us, build us up, advise us, all of that. So I would just add that as well. I hope that helps out. So guys, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I'm going to be praying here now just as we end this off. I also want to say thank you so much for joining me. We are releasing a flagship Sukkot teaching early next week. We're, I'm busy working on it, finishing it up right now. Um, but please look out for that as well. That is, I'm very excited about that. So keep your eyes peeled. I want to pray for us here as we end off the night. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the Feast of Sukkot. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have come to make a way for us to come back to you and not only to be saved, but to even be in your presence face to face, Father. Lord, help us to be prepared for that face to face when it arrives. And Father, I pray for all of our family members, all of the diseases, the sicknesses, the those who are foreign to you, those who do not know, who, who do not know you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and draw them in like never before this season that their eyes would be opened to see you like never before. Father, help us to put on the armor of God and be the bride you've called us to be. Not a cowarding bride, but a bride who is bold to go ahead in warfare spiritually against all the works of the devil. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you. Hallelujah. We praise you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. Subscribe, like this video, share it, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Shalom.